0: Revelation chapter 12, good to see everybody here today in church, praise God. Revelation chapter 12, you have that, say amen. Some of you are pretty fast, some of you are still looking, <laughs> and that's okay. Praise the Lord, Revelation chapter 12, okay, you have it now. Revelation chapter 11 and chapter 12 are central to the book of Revelation. The whole book is important, but these chapters are very important for us to understand. And in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says, hallelujah, in verse 1, And there appeared a great wonder, or sign, a great sign. It's a symbol. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And this woman, the Bible says, She being with child, cried travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. So this is a depiction of Satan, Leviathan. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, please. Turn there. Matthew 24, beginning with verse 8. Jesus speaking on the end times. In Matthew 24, verse 8, he says, he talks about certain particular signs, and he says in verse 8, he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows, or the beginning of birth pangs. See the connection? This woman is travailing in birth, in pain to be delivered. And the Bible said all of these are the beginning of birth pangs, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. These birth pains are in the Hebrew, Hevle Mashiach. Hevle Mashiach. Birth pains before the Messiah. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. There is a massive spirit of betrayal in the world and in the church today. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This is rebellion. Iniquity is rebellion against God's law. But he that shall endure unto the end. The end is, of course, the end of the tribulation period connected with the day of the Lord. The same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Do you see that? And then shall the end come, the end of the tribulation period, in connection with the day of the Lord. That is what the term the end is, all right? But there is a preaching in all the world for a witness unto who? All nations or all ethnic groups. This is the connection with the fullness of the Gentiles. The fullness of the Gentiles is not a pre-tribulation rapture which is commonly taught. Because you have Gentiles or nations that are being brought into the kingdom and have to make it all the way to the end. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, who readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And that's what that woman does in Revelation 12. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. This is a picture of somebody carrying a child that's about to be birthed, all right? Connection again is the birth pains with this woman. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. All right? So the Lord talks about the birth pains of the Messiah there. Now go over to Matthew 12, please. And then I'll let you sit down. Matthew 12, verse 50. Uh, let's, Let's start there with verse 48. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples. And said. Behold my mother. And my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father. Which is in heaven. The same is my mother. And sister. My brother and sister. And mother. Whosoever does his will is his brother, his sister, and his mother. Do you see that? Okay, let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We ask you, Lord God, that you would give us inspiration, anoint us, and liberty, God, to preach in this house today. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Let's talk about this. This is very important for us to understand. Revelation chapter 12, again, there appeared a great wonder in heaven a wom- woman clothed with the sun, or literally looking at the sun. Now okay, It also can mean, mean clothed with the sun, but it, it can mean looking at the sun. And the moon is under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, this woman is, the Bible says, being with child, cried and travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. First of all, let's talk about the birth pains here. This is the first thing the Lord spoke to me when I read this yesterday. The birth pains of the Messiah are seen in this chapter right here, Hevel Mashiach, or the birth pains that are before the Messiah. Now, what you need to understand about this is that the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah, when He sets up His kingdom, will be preceded by a time of great trouble known as birth pains. Okay, you with me here? And the reason why, you you might ask the question, why does God, why is God going to send pangs or pains before He comes? The reason is because all of us must readjust ourselves for His coming. All of us have to readjust ourselves for the coming of the Messiah and this new world of the Spirit that He's going to bring in. Because the focus of the kingdom of God and the coming of Jesus is a kingdom of the Messiah. And the focus is going to be on spiritual things. And so there has to be a shaking, a time of trouble, so that people will align themselves with the Messiah because we are too materialistically minded. And when I'm talking about materialistically minded here, I'm not necessarily talking about things you purchase, although that's part of it. I'm talking about this secular view that we have. When you talk about being a materialist, basically you're atheistic in your mindset, and your focus is just on the natural and not on the spiritual. If you're a materialist, then you are not really, you don't really believe in the spiritual world. Okay? So what God has to do then, He has to shake shake this materialistic world because it is so focused on natural things that He's got to shake the world up so that the world will realign itself, the people in that world, will realign themselves with Him because when He comes, it's going to be a totally different world than it is today. Today, the focus is on the natural, the materialistic things. But when Jesus comes, the focus will be totally on the spirit. So it will be a spiritual world. So just as a child in the womb of the mother, are you here right now? When that child comes out of that womb, before it comes out into the new world, there has to be contractions of that mother. There has to be birth pangs that that mother has, and then when those birth pangs come, then that causes the baby then to come forth into what? A brand new world, totally different from where it was before, entering into something brand new, totally brand new. And so before the child can enter into this world that's totally new and totally different... From what it had in the womb, there has to be the birth pains. There has to be the pain. There has to be the travail that pushes that child into this new world and this totally new existence that it is not familiar with beforehand. And so the birth pains of the Messiah is, and it's literally the birth pains of the Messiah, is literally a time when there's going to be contractions that are going to hit this earth and great cataclysmic events that are going to cause people to align themselves with the Messiah so that when He comes, they'll not be totally destroyed so that they can be taken into His kingdom where the focus will be totally spiritual and not natural. And there has to be this shaking so that people will realign themselves because their mind is so secular and so materialistic. Hallelujah. And so God's going to shake the world with birth pains before Messiah comes. Are you with me here? Give God some praise. So when you see this, you've, you come in Revelation 12, you come to the midpoint of the tribulation period. It is the beginning of the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation period. It is called the Great Tribulation. And it is a time when there's going to be great, great birth pangs and and great events that are going to shake this world up just before Messiah comes back and sets up His kingdom because people have to be shaken. They have to be shaken because they're content with the material world. Lord Jesus, help me today. And so we see this woman here. She is in contractions. And these contractions are going to produce a man-child into the earth. Do you understand? Now, number one, who is this woman? Well, she represents many things. She represents, number one, Israel. Now, out of Israel, when Israel goes through these birth pains, tribulation period, especially the last three and a half years, when she goes through these birth pains, Israel as a nation, then she will give birth to a spiritual seed that will come out of her womb. A seed, a remnant, the brethren of the Messiah that's going to come out of natural Israel's womb and be born into His kingdom. A people who will make it all the way through the birth pains, the the tribulation period, and at the very end they will come forth and be birthed into Messiah. Some of them, because this birth speaks of not just born again, but this birth speaks of resurrection. So there will be many, many Jewish people that will be slain in the tribulation period, but this remnant of the Messiah that have come out of natural Israel are going to be resurrected from the dead, having been persecuted and put to death. But before that, this birthing speaks of spiritual birth or spiritual regeneration. The seed... Uh, uh, come on, eat with me? The seed of Israel... Coming out of natural Israel, the natural woman, the spiritual seed coming forth, those that are saved, those that are born again of the water and the spirit, that come forth out of blood and water, come forth out of the womb or the matrix of natural Israel. So that, and we'll talk about that as we get into this. All right, so you see, right now, Israel, for the most part, is in unbelief. But there's gonna come a time when God's gonna shake them. God is going to send them through a birth pains of the Messiah, especially the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. It's going to be horrible for Israel. But out of that is going to come forth a people out of that nation that are going to be born again of the water and the spirit. They're going to come out of that. And many of those people are going to die, be put to death, persecuted by the Antichrist, the dragon, but they will be resurrected from the dead when Jesus comes back. Do you understand this? these things so God is not through with the nation of Israel there is going to be a birthing there's going to be a people that are going to come out of that nation and they're going to be saved into Messiah and then into his kingdom but there has to be a shaking of the earth and their nation before they'll ever repent and before they'll ever cry out to the Messiah there has to be a shaking so this speaks number one of Israel Spiritual Israel coming out of natural Israel, all right, all right. and then it speaks of the Church of the Living God. Paul said this in Galatians four. He said, "I travail in birth till Christ be formed in you," and he said that to the Church of Galatia, which a church which primarily of a people who are of Gentile descent. And so Paul said, I'm travailing in birth until Christ is formed inside of you. So there is, come on, are you with me here? In this passage, more than just Israel, it also speaks of the church. Because Jesus said in Matthew 12, he said, who is my brother my sister and my mother but those that do the will of god so it doesn't matter who you are naturally it's who you are spiritually so that paul looks at a gentile church and he says i'm travailing in birth until what christ is formed in you Until you mature in Christ and you manifest Him to the world. So this woman speaks of Israel, but it also speaks of the church. But not just that, it speaks of your soul. Go to Psalm 34 in verse 2. And I know I'm talking fast, but I think you can probably hear and receive faster than I can put it out. So I'm not worried about that. But Psalm 34, also this woman speaks of your soul. 34.1 I will bless the Lord at all times David said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now David is a man but watch what he says my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. So he calls his soul a woman. David being a man calls his soul a woman. Now your spirit, I don't care if you're male or female, your spirit is in the male gender through the word of God. But your soul makes no difference if you're male or female. Your soul is likened to a woman. So David said, my soul shall make her boast, not his boast, but her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So this woman speaks of Israel and a spiritual seed being born out of her in days to come in the future tribulation period, especially the last three and a half years. It speaks of, this woman speaks of a church who Christ is being formed in them. And it also speaks of, and and we talk about this uh, church being formed in her, it's called the man-child. And this woman also speaks of your soul. So those three things. This woman represents many, many things. Because there's only two women in the Bible. There's the harlot and the bride. You understand that? There's the harlot and the bride. And if you're in the bride, whether you be uh, Gentile or you be Israel, uh, you are the seed of the Messiah. Do you understand that? So there's only two brides. There's only really two women throughout the Bible. All women in the Bible fall into two categories. Either they typify the harlot or they typify the church. In the book of Revelation, you've got two women. You've got this woman right here in Revelation 12. Come on. And then you've got the harlot in Revelation 17. Revelation 21, you've got a new Jerusalem. In Revelation chapter 18, you've got a Babylon system. So are you with me here? You've got two cities, Babylon Jerusalem, and Jerusalem. You've got two women, the bride and the harlot. You have two men in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist and Jesus Christ. And as you study the Bible, these things will begin to give you understanding. These keys will unlock doors for you. All right. So are you with me up to this point? But let's talk about then, from the, just the literal ultimate fulfillment of this passage, what is going to happen in the future with natural Israel. The Bible said this woman is clothed with the sun. She's got an, got her eyes on the sun. She's clothed with the sun. Which means, are you with me here? And she's crowned with 12, a crown of 12 stars, and under her feet is the moon. This woman, then, is a woman who has an understanding, 12 stars, of the doctrine of the apostles. She understands apostolic doctrine. Do you understand? Are you with me here? She has got a revelation of the new day because she's clothed with the sun, and the sun in the Word of God depicts God himself. Jesus, when he comes back, Malachi 4 says he's going to come with healing in his beams. He's going to come as the son of righteousness. So when it says she's clothed with the sun, she's got a revelation of a brand new day. She's got a revelation that there's a new king. Come on, are you with me here? And she's got the moon under her feet. Wow, this is interesting, isn't it? The moon rules by night. But she has grown from a moon depiction, which the moon speaks of a woman church system. She has grown from that now to a a childhood, a a sun-type manifestation. So that now she's clothed with the sun. She's got the moon under her feet. Which means this woman has progressively moved from a woman type manifestation to a son of God type manifestation. In fact what comes out of this church is a Man child. This man child is not a little baby. This man child is a mature son. And where does this come out of? This son comes out of the woman or the church. And it's a man child. So what we have here is a group of people who were a church that were woman-like in their characteristics. But in the last days, they're, gonna comfort, they're going to come forth out of a church. And out of Israel, a man, a a mature son of God that's going to come forth, that's going to manifest him to the world. And this man child is going to be used by God to feed the woman. You with me here? This man child is going to be used by God to feed the woman in the wilderness. Are you here? And to prepare her. Are you understanding this? She's nourished. Now, there's a lot in this, I understand. But particularly, let's talk about the ultimate fulfillment for Israel. And then we'll go back and we'll talk about the church in this. All right. Are you here right now? I haven't lost you yet, have I? Go with me to Zechariah. Let's talk about the ultimate fulfillment in connection with Israel. In... Uh, Zachariah, Let me get the passage here for you. Zechariah chapter 12. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God is good. Now, I pray by the grace of God I can get all this out for you. I pray that God had help me today to teach you because these passages are very important for you to understand. Zechariah 12. Hallelujah. So you understand that this woman is Israel that's producing, though, a spiritual seed in Messiah, right? You also understand that this woman represents the church, right? You also understand this woman represents your soul, right? Good. Rachel's a type of her. Sarah's a type of her. All through the Bible, you have types of this woman, all right? Now, Zechariah 12, watch. Zechariah 12, the Bible says, let me get the verse that I want to give you here. Now, I know I'm going fast, but I've got to talk fast. I don't have much time. Now, watch this. Get you the verse here that I want to read to you. Praise God. Verse 8. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before him, and it shall come kind of pass in that day. I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. So Israel has gone through so much birth pains and contractions during the time of the tribulation period that they're going to be in bitterness for him. They're going to be crying out for him in repentance. In verse 11, In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadad-Rimon in the valley of Megiddo, And the land shall mourn every family apart, The family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Levi apart, their wives apart. The family of Shimei apart, their wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. Now watch this. In that day there shall be a fountain. Say a fountain. Open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord. host, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land. They shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. Amen. Now we we see the coming of the Lord here in verse uh, 5. But he shall say, I'm no prophet. I am a husbandman, for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hand? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Now Jesus in Acts 2.24 says, Jesus went through the birth pains of Messiah on the cross. The time of his suffering was like a tribulation that took place in Jesus on the cross. What happened to him on the cross is going to happen again to his people. See, history only keeps repeating itself. Jesus is the man child that came forth out of Mary. Do you understand? Mary is a type of this woman. Jesus, when he hung on the cross, experienced birth pains and a church was born out of him. Do you understand these things? So Jesus experienced the birth pains on the cross, but history repeats itself so that his people in the last days are also going to experience the birth pains of the tribulation period. Do you understand? Now, here we go. He says this, uh, verse 6, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hand? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. So that not only is the sword going to hit the Messiah on the cross, but also upon his fellow, that man-child that's going to come forth, is going to suffer greatly. The Bible says, smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn my hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass, then all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. So the Lord is telling us here there's going to come a time when God is going to bring a third part of the nation of Israel through the fire of the tribulation period. And they're going to call upon the Lord. They're going to be saved. They're going to come out of those birth pains of Israel, and they're going to recognize the Messiah. They're going to be born again. You with me? Now watch this. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. There shall be a very great valley and half of the mountains shall remove toward the north and half of them toward the south. What, the, what is happening here is that Israel has made it through the times of the birth pains. The time of suffering. And so now with Jesus coming back, they are calling upon Him. Approximately three days before he comes, Israel will begin to repent and call upon the Lord. As they are repenting and calling upon the Lord, then Jesus comes back at that time. Watch this. Israel having before Messiah experienced the birth pains of the Messiah. When he comes back, the Bible says that he will stand upon the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives will split down the middle. There will be one to the south. Are you with me here? It's going to go like this. And what's going to happen is Israel is going to run into that. And it is as if a womb is opening up for the birthing of the nation. Do you understand what the Bible is trying to show you here? There's going to be a birthing of the nation of Israel. That's why you've got this this cleavage taking place. And you have these contractions. These contractions in the tribulation period are going to eventually cause the nation to be born. And so when Jesus comes back, the Messiah, at that time, then Israel is going to be born spiritually. And the Mount of Olives is going to open up like a womb and its child coming forth. Now in Revelation chapter 12, the Bible talks about that This dragon, uh, like a flood, spews out water to devour her. Well, that's a picture of the amniotic fluid, the fluid that's in the womb of the mother. And so she's going to, Israel's going to be born again of the water. She's going to come forth out of the water. And she's going to be born of blood, surrounded by blood. So there's going to be a witness in Israel that that she's going to have the witness of water and the witness of blood. And she's going to come out. How do you know when a baby's born, a baby comes out? Water and blood all over the place. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the nation of Israel when this Mount of Olives opens up. Then it's going to be born. And this flood that's trying to destroy her. She's going to come out of that water and blood all around her. She's going to come out of the blood. And so she's going to be born into the Messiah. Into the Messiah. And then some of them literally resurrected from the dead at the coming of the Lord. So there's a great promise for the nation of Israel that is yet future. But it's, it's going to be preceded by a time like the world has never seen. A birth pains, a contraction time like the world has never seen. So that Israel will realign themselves with the Messiah and get their eyes on Him and then repent, call upon Him. And they'd be born into His kingdom. Do you understand these things? Now, let me me read a little bit more here in Zechariah. This is heavy stuff, man. Now, we go on. The Bible says, uh, praise the Lord. Verse 8, And it shall be in that day that living waters... Shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea in the summer, and in the winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over the earth, in that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. Give God some praise. Now in Psalm 58, the Bible talks about what God is going to do, Jesus when he comes back, this seed that believes in the Messiah is going to be born of water and the Spirit, having come through the birth pains of the tribulation period. But the nations that have come up against Israel, He's going to treat them as a stillborn. And just as you take the placenta... After birth, you take the placenta and you cast it out to the birds. The same thing Jesus said, the armies that will gather against Israel will be like the placenta and they will be fed to the fowl of the air. And they will be seen as many multitudes, people who are in unbelief, will be cast out as a stillborn child. Let me give it to you in Psalm 58. You see the analogy of birth here. There is so much in this. And what I try to remember to go back to, to Adam and Eve. Eve uh, travailed in birth. Eve had birth pains uh, because of the fall. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Now, watch this. Watch this. Okay, Psalm 58. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But Psalm 58. The Bible says this. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb; They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. You with me here? Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. Which and So what we have here is we have the seed of the serpent. Just like you've got the seed of the woman, those who are in the Messiah. You've got the seed of the serpent, the nature of the devil in those who are in unbelief. And that's what revelation 12 is showing you showing you the seed of the serpent in battle with the seed of the messiah and so today there is a seed of the serpent in the earth and they have the nature of the devil in them they walk in unbelief and this seed of the serpent like judas iscariot will rise up from within the church and betray the true church but they will be seen as cast out and rejected as stillborn. Now let me read some more. Give God some praise. Because they're like the deaf adder. They can't hear the word of God. They don't want to hear the word of God. Verse 5, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers. Charming never so wisely. Now watch this. Verse 6, break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lion, O Lord. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. Watch this, verse 8. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. But this woman in Revelation is clothed with the sun. She sees the sun. She's got a revelation of the Messiah. She's got a revelation of Jesus. But the Bible talks about those that are who the seed of the serpent. Who don't have a revelation of Jesus. Who don't keep their eyes on Him. They will be seen as stillborn, cast out, having never seen the sun. Give God some praise. Now, for you right now. When you walk into the church of the living God, you walk into the woman of God. You walk into the mother of us all. Galatians says, Jerusalem which is above, which is the mother of us all, is free. When you walk into a church, it doesn't matter if it's Israel or, or not Israel, according to the flesh, when you walk into that church, you're walking into the mother of us all. Come on. You have God who is the Father. But God but is... Jesus, as the last Adam, has an Eve. So when you walk into the church, you walk into the church of the last Adam, and this last Adam has an Eve, and I'm looking at her. You are the Eve of the last Adam. You are the woman of the last Adam that travails in birth to be delivered. And what is happening is that when you came into the church the last the Eve, then what happens is you get born again. And the corporate woman, the corporate body is involved in the birthing of you into Messiah. And the way you got born again in the church was you were born again of the water and the spirit. Having the name of Jesus called over you, and the name of Jesus has the blood in it. So when you got the name of Jesus called over you, that's when the blood was applied to you, so that you were surrounded by blood and surrounded by water. And coming out of the matrix of the church, you were born into the kingdom of God. Do you understand that? Now this this always comes up. Well, just because a a person doesn't break the doesn't come out of the matrix, doesn't come out of the womb. Uh, but they're still alive. That baby's still alive. Right? You with me? This is what some churches want to teach you. They want to tell you that all you've got to do is believe in Jesus and accept Him and you are saved. You are born again. Well, you can be conceived and be stillborn. I said, you can be conceived, but when it comes to actual time of birthing, you come forth as stillborn, dead, not alive under God. So you must be born again of the water and the spirit, the blood surrounded you. You've got to come out. You've got to come out of that wound, not just be conceived, but you must be born again of the water and the spirit surrounded by blood. Or you'll be seen as stillborn, not alive under God. Because commonly that is something that is brought up. Well, that baby that's in there—that's not hasn't been born yet—is still alive. But the Bible talks about people here that when they come out of the womb, they come on—they were stillborn. They never seen the sun. They weren't ever born again of the water and the Spirit. So don't fall from the lie of hell. Don't fall for the lies of the devil. See, there are people that are in stages, in their moving into the kingdom of God. Just because you repent, you might have got conceived there by the word of God. But you have to go on and be born again of the water and the spirit. You got to come out alive. You got to come out of that womb alive. And then, as you come out alive in the church, then you're a baby. But what God wants to do is raise you up until. Paul said, I'm travailing in birth. I'm like I'm in birth pains. You ever seen a pastor look like he was in birth pains? It's not too fun, man. When you're a pastor and you're in birth pains, there's no fun about it. There's screaming, there's pressure, there's battle, there's struggle, there's pain. Why is why did Paul say he went through those birth pains? So that Christ could be formed in you what do you mean Paul these people have come into Christ they've been born again in the water and the spirit Galatians 3.26 they have put on Christ when they were baptized what do you mean you're travailing in birth for Christ to be formed in them what he's saying is I recognize you've been born but I want you to grow up and become a man I want you to be mature I want you to become full grown I want you to be a son of God and so I'm going to travail in birth until the man child is born do you understand these things? So God has got a purpose for Israel and the time of their new birth, post-tribulational. And also the time of their resurrection is a picture of this woman being in travail and going through persecution for the last three and a half years. But then coming up out of that at the end. Do you understand what God is trying to show you here? But he's also showing this woman is the church. This woman's got a revelation of the apostles' doctrine. She's got 12 stars on her head. It also depicts the 12 constellations of the heavens. We have a series on the constellations, the stars in the heavens, where we show you Jesus in every aspect from His first coming to His second coming. I don't have time to go through all of that. But this woman is Virgo in the heavens who's got the seed corn in her hand. Come on, somebody. And when this seed corn falls to the earth, this seed corn is going to reproduce himself. In a corporate body. So that this man child, Jesus, is a sign of a corporate body that will come. A people who will manifest the Father as sons of God. And they're going to come out of the woman, the corporate body, the church. Not just born again, but people who have matured and Christ formed in them. And they are now grown men. And the man-child body that's going to come out of the church, not everybody is an overcomer. Now, to show you that this is not just about Israel, Jesus said that when the man-child comes forth, that he will be given a rod of iron. And he will rule nations. Let me read it to you so you don't think I'm making it up. Go to Revelation 12. Now, now, come on. Come on, somebody. I know you can hear this. Uh, uh, Listen, you can't hear it if you're not in him. Nothing I'm saying right now makes any sense to you if you don't have spiritual ears. Because you got the ear of the adder. You can't hear because you got the ear of the adder. Now watch this. Revelation 12. He's, he talks about this man child. Verse 5. She brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations. With a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now look at this. This is very interesting. If you want to say that this is just Israel, then you've got a problem. Because in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus speaks to the overcomer in the church of Thyatira. And this is what he says to the overcomer in the church of Thyatira. Oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Revelation chapter 2 and uh, verse uh, 25. But that which you have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule, who? The overcomer. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as i received of my father the same thing i received of my father i'm going to give to a corporate body and this corporate body is the man child that overcomes in the last days give god some praise And I'll give them the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Give God some praise. So this woman is, is Israel, but it's also the church, a corporate body of people who are just like Jesus that are going to come forth in the last days who are going to overcome everything and they're gonna come out of that church and these people are gonna manifest the father because they walk in the footsteps of the father wherever he goes you're gonna see daddy in them because they look because they keep his commandments they look like daddy but anybody that doesn't keep his commandments don't look like daddy and the Bible calls them in Hosea 5 strange children why are they called strange children because they don't look like the daddy Give God some praise. And according to Psalm 34 and verse 2, your woman is a soul, and your woman has to be saved. Your spirit got saved as soon as you got born again. But now the problem is not with your spirit. The problem is between your ears. The problem is your mind. The problem is your will. The problem is your emotions. So that God is in the process of saving that woman. This woman, your soul, has got to get a revelation. There's a new king in the heavens. This woman, your soul, has to understand the doctrine of the apostles. You've got to get a revelation of Jesus' work. His finished work. Because that's where the battle is. So even once you get born again, Passover, you experience Passover, you experience the blood. Are you with me here? Well, then you got to go on. Come on. Passover, the cross. You got to go on and experience Pentecost. That's in the wilderness. That's a time of Maturing. And then from Pentecost, you go to Tabernacles, and that's harvest. So Passover, the cross, Pentecost, wilderness, maturing. Come on, say maturing. Growing up into becoming a man child. And then Tabernacles is the harvest. Give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. So your woman has to go through a time of affliction. Your woman, your soul has to go through a time of a wilderness experience. And when you get in the wilderness, just like this woman was led into the wilderness, when you get in the wilderness, that's when God's going to mature you. For what? The harvest at tabernacles. Give God some praise. So history just keeps repeating itself. Give God some praise. Give Him some praise. Come on, you can do better than that. So do you understand then we have Israel producing Uh, The remnant, his brethren, at the end of the tribulation period when he comes. But you also need to understand that this is a picture of the church. And Christ is being formed in you. And when you find yourself in the tribulation period, you will find yourself in a time of a wilderness experience. Where you will be persecuted. Not just Israel, but the church as a whole. The woman as a whole will be persecuted by the dragon. And where does she go? In the wilderness. To be what? Mature to be matured, and to be fed by the man-child. Are you with me here? Give God some praise. Okay, hallelujah. Let's go. Let me look at this. Let's look at this. Let's go to Micah 5. Mm, Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. So what God is trying to get a people ready for is a wilderness. He's trying to get you ready for a wilderness so that you will mature. Are you with me? Micah 5. Watch this. I'm thankful to the Lord today. I said I'm thankful to the Lord today. Y'all, y'all hang with me. I've got a lot to cover. You see, well, I, so i got to go this direction with Israel. Then i got to go this way with the church. Then i got to go this way with the soul. But if you can get this, it, it, it all applies what is being said. It, it all applies to all of them. Because what we're talking about ultimately is the seed of the Messiah. Do you understand these things and a people and a people who have matured to the point that they're no longer just a woman church but they are a kingdom company they are a kingdom seed kingdom company people who manifest the throne that's why the Bible said the man was caught up to his throne why? So they can manifest kingdom moving of God, not just church dominion, not just church, uh, church dispensational things, but kingdom operation of God is going to be in this son. The kingdom doesn't flow out of the church; the church flows out of the kingdom, and there is a different move, a different operation of a of a. Of a uh, but there's a difference between a church person. Those who've been born in God's kingdom. And those who manifest that kingdom. Because only people who are overcomers. Rule, the Bible says. Rule. Come on. Get with me here. Come on, church. That's where God is taking us. And this is what I preached in Taiwan. I told them God is taking you somewhere. He didn't just save you fill you and put you on a pew. He saved you and filled you so your soul can be saved. So that you can manifest His kingdom. So that you're mature and Christ will be conformed in you. Will be formed in you. Hold your place in Micah 5. i got to go to John 16. John 16. Is anybody getting a hold of this? John 16. Watch this. Remember when Jesus was speaking to his disciples? He talked to them. Watch this in verse 19 of 16. He said, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves uh, that I said a little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me. Verse 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. You shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. Then he says, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow. Now, look, he's talking to male disciples, and he says, you are like a woman in travail. Because what you need to understand, this man-child that's being born, is not a physical birth. It's something bigger than a physical birth. It is a spiritual thing. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow. But her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish. For joy that a man is born into the world. You disciples are in travail to produce a man-child to the world. Lord, help me to get this across to you. Now watch this. And you now therefore have sorrow. You. Come on. You have sorrow. But I will see you again. Your heart shall rejoice and your joy. No man taketh from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So he talks to these disciples and he said, you're going to be like a woman in travail in birth. Why? So a man child can come forth. And when that man is born, then you will rejoice. What I'm trying to tell you is Jesus, Revelation 12, this man-child that is being born is going beyond just Jesus' birth in the, out of the womb of Mary. He is the first and foremost man-child, but he is a son of all of the man-child that will come. A corporate man that is going to come forth out of the church. Give God some praise. And the church, whether they be male or female, is seen as a woman in birth or in birth pangs. Do you understand this? So, hallelujah. Jesus has already been born physically when he said that to the disciples. And he talked about them producing a man child. He's standing right there. What it is is Jesus standing up in a corporate body. So what you have is you have a church. Uh, The woman is a picture of a corporate body of believers. But the man child is a people who have come out of the corporate body of believers and have become like Jesus so that Jesus is the sign of a kingdom of sons. The woman is a sign of the corporate body, the church. Listen, Jesus is going to have a body, come on, a man child that's going to come out of the corporate body, the woman. Do you understand? Give God some praise. Now go to Micah 5. Micah 5, what's this? Oh yes, this is is just wonderful. This is just wonderful stuff. Hallelujah! And I was, I was excited to see that even in an in a, in a evangelical commentary, the writer of the evangelical commentary, evangelical commentary in 1214 through 1216 makes a statement that this woman represents Israel, the church, and all of those who are born from her. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I don't have to have that. I can go right to the Word of God. And the Word of God it tells us that. It does help to have commentaries, though. Now Micah five, what's this? But thou Bethlehem effort to though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of these shall shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old from everlasting. So first of all, you've got Jesus being born. He is the man child. He enters into birth pains on the cross. He dies, buries, rises from the dead. Come on, somebody. So that he is born. He is God in flesh when he's born into the world. But then when he rises from the dead, he is called the first begotten of the dead so when he came out of the grave there was a birth that took place so resurrection is speaking of birthing so Jesus was born as a man but he died on the cross and then was begotten out of the earth in resurrection power the same thing will happen to a corporate body of believers in the last days now watch and then I'm gonna try to get over there to the passage in Revelation 12 he says Ah, yeah. He is from everlasting, from old and from everlasting. Therefore, he will he give them up until the time. Now, he's talking specifically about Israel here. He said, I'm going to give them up. See, you have his first coming here where he's born in Bethlehem. Then he says, I'm going to give up Israel. Why? Because they were in unbelief. Therefore, will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth. Hath brought forth for Israel, that's post-tribulational. Are you with me? Oh Lord, help me today. What you need to understand is there is a new creation. You will become a new creation physically. In an ultimate sense, in the future, you will become a new creation physically, but right now you are a new creation spiritually. You always have to understand the parallels of Scripture. That God speaks to us natural things first to teach us spiritual things. We are spiritually a new creation who will become a physical new creation in the ultimate sense. So he says it to Israel here. He said, I'm going to give you up until the time that she was travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return and the the children of israel what he's saying is that when israel travails in birth out of her is going to come forth the remnant his brethren and this man child this people of israel who are born into messiah and then some of them persecuted dead buried begotten from the dead raised from the dead all right at the time of their birthing they're going to return to who israel the remnant of his brethren Are going to return to Israel. The remnant of his brethren. Is believing Israelites. Who return to the unbelieving Israelites. But more than that. They are a people. Who have grown up. Not just Israelites, but the remnant of his brethren. Remember he said, he that does the will of the father is his brother, his sister, and his mother. So it's not just limited to natural Israel here. Whenever God, come on. When, when Israel, the believing seed comes out of Israel. This is believing Israelites. But it's also those who, his brethren, spiritually. God is going to stand up in the Gentiles the church are you with me in the corporate body if you will made up of Jew and Gentile he's going to stand up in that body and when Jesus is seen in that body he's going to be seen by Israel in that body do you understand what he's saying here give God some praise See, I'm trying to get you out of your limitation of thinking that this is just only for Israel. Therefore, will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord is God. And they shall abide. He's talking about a people who have abided. Abide in Christ abide in him people who didn't quit people who stayed in their place people who abide in him don't let sin get in their life don't let their soul realm take over them don't let the material world take over them but a people who are abiding in him it is those people he's going to stand up in a corporate body that Jesus is going to stand up in in the last days watch this watch. He shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide. For now shall he be great unto the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And this man. And that's in italics. But we know it's true. And this shall be the peace. When the Assyrians shall come into our land. This will literally happen. The Assyrian, a Babylonian ruler from I, the land of probably Iraq in that part of the world, will go into the land of Israel. And this Assyrian will be used by God to drive unbelieving Israel into Mount Zion where, they'll be, where they will repent and get saved. Are you with me here? Amen, amen. Now watch this. This man shall be the peace. Hallelujah. Who? This corporate man. Of course, ultimately it speaks of Jesus. <laughs> But this man shall be the peace when the Assyrians shall come into our land. We're going to have to flee to Jesus. Hallelujah. When we start going through these birth pains, we're going to have to cry out unto him. And when he shall tread in our palaces, the Assyrian, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. Now, this is very interesting. Who are these seven shepherds and and eight principal men? Well, two ways to look at it. When this Assyrian Iraqi leader invades into Israel, then the Bible, and it could be the Antichrist, but let's take it literal here. These seven shepherds can be interpreted this way. Seven shepherds are seven contemporary kings, and the eighth is the Antichrist. We'll get get to that in Revelation. We'll see what I'm talking about. Seven contemporary kings along with the eighth, the Antichrist. When the Assyrian comes into their land, the Iraqi leader comes in their land, then the Antichrist and seven contemporary kings with him will will protect uh, Israel from the Assyrian. Watch, did you catch that? It's in the Bible. You have to read your Bible. It's in Revelation, and we'll look at it a little bit later on. Not, Not today. But it could be interpreted this way. Seven shepherds... And then an eighth. Who could this be? Well, the Bible talks about seven churches of Asia Minor. And the eighth is Jesus standing up in the midst of them. Standing up in the midst of this man this corporate body. That's going to be used by God to bring peace to Israel. During the time the Assyrian comes in. Are you with me? Do you get this understanding now? I'm telling you, we're going to be here. All right? This is, I believe it 100%. Not 99 100%. Now watch this. Are you all with me here? And they shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword. And the land of Nimrod. That's Iraq, Babylon. In the entrances thereof, thus shall he deliver us from the Assyrian when he cometh into our land and when he treadeth within our borders. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as do from the Lord as the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for man nor waiteth for the sons of men. It says the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people. Now, that's interesting to me. Could that mean that this remnant of, 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 was it Jacob? Could it be that what we have here now in the midst of many nations is this corporate body? That's not just Jewish, but come on, that is coming out of all nations and they are called the remnants. Or could it be that this is the fullness of the Gentiles being come in? followed by the salvation of Israel as if they were raised from the dead, according to Romans chapter 11. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Because notice how it's worded. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people. As the showers upon the grass teareth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. All right, now... mm. And you could take it literally that this is the remnant of Jacob. This is the natural seed, okay? Being redeemed, being saved and everything. And they're surrounded by nations, all right? You could take it that way if you want to. But you don't have to uh, make it uh, that way. You don't, it don't have to be that way. There's more than one way to interpret prophecy. It, it could both be right. Are you getting the point? But it's, the connection is in the time of travail. And the time... When Jesus is standing up in a corporate body and these are the people who are abiding in him. Do you hear this? I said, do you hear this? Now at that time, the Bible tells us Verse 9, thine hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries. All thine enemies shall be cut off. It's kind of passing that day, saith the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee. I will destroy thy chariots. I will cut off the cities of thy land. Throw down all thy strongholds. I will cut off witchcrafts out of thine hand. Thou shalt have no more soothsayers. Thy graven images also will I cut off. Oh, come on, somebody. He's just getting rid of all kinds of stuff that are going to hinder his appearing. He's just taking them out, man. Now, I know I'm hanging a lot of hooks here for you, but anyway, get what you can. Let's go to Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32. Praise God. Mm. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and a prince shall rule in judgment, and the man shall be as a hiding place. In Revelation 12, we see that woman fleeing into the wilderness. But the Bible says in Isaiah 32, a man shall be the hiding place. Well, ultimately, we know that's Jesus. But He's a sign of a corporate body to come. The man child. A man shall be a hiding place from the wind. And a covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And the eyes of them that see shall not be dim. Why? Because they see the sun. you got a revelation of Jesus. And the ears of them that hear shall hearken. There's going to be a people that are going to see and there's going to be a people who are spoken to that are going to hear and are going to do something with what they've heard. They're not just going to be pew setters. They're going to grow up in Him. Christ is going to be conformed in them or formed in them. Now watch this. The heart also of the rash shall understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerer shall be ready to speak plainly. The vile person shall be no no more called liberal, nor the the churl said to be bountiful, for the vile person will speak villainy. And his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord. To make empty the soul of the hungry. And he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. The instruments also of the, of the churl shall, are, are evil. He deviseth wicked devices to destroy the poor with lying words. Even when the needy speaketh right. But the liberal deviseth liberal things. And by liberal things shall he stand. Rise up ye women. Watch this. We have a man who is going to be the hiding place. Then we find out God calls to the women. He says, rise up ye women that are at ease. And he's not just talking to just individual women. He's talking to the church. Rise up you women. You church that is at ease. Hear my voice. You careless daughters, you walk around, act like this. You don't care, you care less. But God says, rise up you women that are at ease. You care less, daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Stop being careless and stop being at ease. He's calling to the church. For the vintage shall fail, the gathering shall not come. He said, if you stay at ease and you stay careless, he said, there's not going to be fruit. So he says, tremble, you women that are at ease. Tremble and be troubled. Ye careless ones, strip you and make you bare and gird sackcloth upon your loins. Take off what you put on and put on Christ. Stop being at ease and stop being careless, church. Take off what you put on and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall lament for the teats, for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine, upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars, yea upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city. Because the palaces shall be forsaken, the multitude of the cities shall be left, the forts and towers shall be for dens forever, a joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. He's telling the church here, He's saying you can't rejoice if there's no fruit. He tells you you've got to tremble. You've got to take on what you put on and put on Christ. If you're at ease and you're careless, God's trying to shake you. And that's the purpose of Heavenly Mashiach. He's to shake, the, shake us to cause women to tremble so that something will be produced so there'll be fruit come forth. But what is hindering this woman from producing this man-child is she's walking around in her own self-contentment, clothed with her own clothing, eating what she wants to eat. Feeding on a false feast. Revelation 11 talks about the two witnesses. As they prophesied, they're a type of the man child. And as they prophesied, when they were slain at the end of the tribulation period, the Bible said the world made a feast and they celebrated the death of those two prophets. Those two prophets, I believe literally. But they also represent a corporate body. Come on, somebody. And a people who celebrate on a false feast are people who are feeding on the wrong things, who are not receiving the word of the Lord. See, I got, I got about a four-hour message here. I can preach and I can... I, I feel it of the Holy Ghost. You cannot rejoice if you're at ease. You cannot rejoice if there's no fruit. You cannot, Jesus, God says, be troubled. God says, come on, somebody. Come on, church be trouble strip you bear now watch this Isaiah 4 Isaiah 4 again speaking to women the church the church here that should be producing this man child he says Isaiah 4 and in that day seven women there we go there's the churches again seven women shall take hold of one man one man are you with me saying we will eat our own bread we're gonna eat what we want to eat we're gonna feed on what we want to feed we're gonna be selective in what we hear we're gonna be selective in what we receive but i'm gonna tell you something god's gonna shake the woman god's gonna shake you he's gonna shake me he's shaking me right now i'm in birth pains I'm telling you, He said, these women, these seven women, got seven churches in the book of Revelation. He said, women said, we're going to eat our own bread. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to do it our way. We're going to feed on what we want to feed. We're going to eat what we want to eat. You, you, you Oh, man. Bible says, and all that, we're going to wear our own apparel. Well, this is what Jesus God told them in Isaiah 32 to strip off. Their own apparel. Stop eating their, what they want to eat and strip off their own apparel. See? But watch this. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our approach. See, we want to be called Christians and we want to be known as the church and we want to be known as called by Jesus' name. And we, come on, we, we have to have that reputation that we're a member of somebody. We're a member of a church of some kind and we're called by the name of Jesus. But listen to me. These this seven women said, let us eat our own food, let us wear our own apparel, but only let us be called by your name. Listen to me, friend. That is exactly where we are in this hour. That's where the churches are today. They want to do it their way, have it their way, have their will. Be selective in what they hear, be selective in what they receive. Because, listen, because they are inundated with worldliness. They're inundated with carnality. They want 40 to 60 hours a week and can't handle two hours of preaching. too materialistic too focused on the natural god's gonna shake you man i said god's gonna shake you and you know what we need to do we need to cast off our own apparel and we need to say i'm not gonna eat i'm gonna nourish myself as a woman in the wilderness i'm gonna feed on jesus I'm going to feed on the table that's prepared for me in the wilderness, and I'm going to mature. Now, you might not believe this now, but if you're in the age that's going to see it, God's going to send us into a wilderness time, and everything that you've been walking in on your own, doing your own thing, putting on your own apparel, and acting like you're a Christian. Because see, you don't want anybody to know who you really are. You don't want anybody to really find out what you're all about. You know, so you'll go hide in a church somewhere, sit down, and be full of the devil. And full of the natural man. That's exactly where we are right now. And that's why Jesus judged the seven churches. And only two out of the seven was without rebuke. I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us in this place is in one of those churches. Every one of us. And I I want to be the overcomer. I want to be the man-child that's going to come forth. The Lord's trying to get you to wake up, to shake up. I don't, listen, look, look at me in the, in, the, in the blues right here. I know my eyes aren't blue, but I'm going to call them blue. Look at me in the blues. I don't care if you leave. I've got a call on my life, and that's to bring up a man-child. And if you want to hide in a house and act like you're something you're not, you're going to be very uncomfortable here. I said, you're going to be very uncomfortable because God's going to shake you. He's going to cause you to tremble. He's going to say you're careless and you're at ease. So I don't care. I don't care how much you give. I don't care how much you tithe. I could care less. I don't care. I'm telling you the truth. And I want to tell you this right now. You don't want to test me on this. Because you'll find out that what I'm telling you, that I mean business. And I don't play games with anybody here. I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. But when you make your decision, you made it. And I'll fight for you till you make your decision. But at the same time, God's going to say, you know what? You need to tremble. You're at ease. And you're careless. And you, you know, strip yourself bare. Take off your own clothes. Now watch, watch this, watch this. Are y'all getting this? I'm not trying to beat you up, man, but I'm being truthful with you. They say, we'll eat our own bread. We'll wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our approach. See? In that day shall the branch... Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people sitting in churches because they don't want to be embarrassed. They want the world so bad. They want it so bad they can taste it. Okay, thanks, sister. They want it so bad, they want it so bad. They long for it. That's why I'm telling you you can go and work 40 to 60 hours at a job and have no problem, but come to the house of the Lord and hear the word for two or three hours. Don't pray. And a lot of people are in church because they don't want the embarrassment of going out in the world and backsliding, but they long for the world. They long to walk in their own ways, wear their own apparel. They long to eat their own food and feed on a false feast. They they live there. That's where they live. But God is good to you and God is good to me so that He raises up men to preach to you to try to get you to shake yourself out of your ease and out of your own apparel. Walk with Jesus. Not just to save face, but to glorify Jesus. So this is what he said in Isaiah 32 to get rid of. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful, glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Israel cut a pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy. Everyone who abides. Everybody who stays in their place shall be called holy and they shall be called righteous. Yes. Say abide, abide in Him. Abide. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Do you know this, the, the discernment of God will burn things up in you? God's discernment, nobody knows, you don't think. But God's discernment will burn the dross out of you, man. And that's exactly the reason why that's happening. So he can take you to Zion. And Zion is just another, just another uh, uh, word for the man-child. A place of a corporate body maturing. And his discernment will burn, he will burn us up, man. He does me something. His discernment... Oh, yeah. Okay, Pastor. Yeah. Whoa, mm-hmm. oh, God. You're killing me. You're killing me, God. No, I'm not killing you. I'm killing your flesh. Amen. I'm burning you right now. Whoa, yeah. Next time somebody asks you, you ever been burned? Say, yeah, I'm being burned right now. <laughs> and it's painful, man. Got to get rid of this uh, this concept of of four and one. (sighs) When the Lord shall have washed, verse 4, away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud, a smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from the storm and from the rain. And Isaiah 32, 1 says, the man is going to be there. Give God some praise. So how many of y'all are going to allow yourself to have Christ formed in you through travail? Come on. How many are going to be an overcomer that God said, I'm going to, you rule the nations? How many will strip yourself bare? Get up out of your ease and get out of your carelessness and go up to Mount Zion. See, we're we're all coming out of Babylon gradually. All of us, including me, including this pastor, are coming out of confusion, Babylon, gradually. And where are we going? To Mount Zion. And all of us have to abide in Him. Do you understand these things? Because you will go through a wilderness. And that wilderness will mature you. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Jesus said this. The Old Testament prophet Hosea said this. Out of Egypt have I called my son. My son. So even Egypt is a type. Egypt. Watch this. God's people. His son is in Egypt. He calls them out. But before they're called out. Into the promised land. Plagues and judgments hit Egypt. They come out after the plagues and judgment hit. The birth pains. My son have I called out of Egypt. Same thing happened in Jesus' day. He was called out of Egypt. History repeats itself. In the future, he will call his son out of Egypt. <clears throat> so there will be a calling out of Egypt. Idolatry. Come on, are you with me here? There's going to be a shaking though. at birth pains in Egypt. Before they come out. And enter into that promised land. But before they get to the promised land, there's a wilderness. And that's exactly where this woman finds herself. In a wilderness. Before she enters into that promise. Give God some praise. <laughs> Moses was the man child that brought him out of Egypt to the mountain of God. Yeah. And then 40 years wandered in the wilderness. Trying to teach them 42 stops. She's in the wilderness 42 months. 42 stops. Teaching them about how they got out of Egypt. Teaching them about the lamb that got them out. Teaching them about the blood. Teaching them about the finished work. 42 stops before they give the promised land. And Moses atop of the man child with two tables of stone. Two witnesses in the last days prophesying to Israel. Two stones. Watch this. Jesus after he rose from the dead taught them 40 days. It's all connected. First, Adam had to face the travail of his woman because of sin. Because of sin. Now, Eve is going to travail in birth when she gives birth to children. Adam had to face that. But not only did he have to face the travail of his own wife, Eve, in the garden, he also had to face the convulsions of the earth. And Jesus, when he hung on the cross, was in the birth pains. When he was in the birth pains, he did not just face the birth of his Woman, but he faced the birth or the shaking of the earth. The creation groans and is in travail until what the sons of God are manifest. Jesus, see, the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And he will destroy any people who are linked to the serpent, any seed of the serpent, those who have the nature of the serpent, who have come forth out of the womb of the serpent, Jesus will destroy. Because if you're connected to him, because Jesus will pierce the Leviathan of the serpent, anybody connected with him will also be destroyed. And they will be as stillborn, cast out. Give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's let's close this thing out. Hosea 5. I'm already beyond my time. Now you need to understand something. This corporate body is made up not just of Israel, but it's also made up of Gentiles who have come in the kingdom. Hosea 5. Let's go there. Can y'all hang with me a little longer? Hosea 5 and 6. What you have in these prophecies is you have both the nations called Ephraim and you have Israel, both of them, in these prophecies. Watch this, Hosea 5, verse 2. And the revolters are profound to make slaughter, though I have been a rebuker of them all. I know Ephraim and Israel. Now, if you know your history, you know Ephraim, Israel, the ten tribes of Israel were called Ephraim. But now, in this prophet, he says, I know Ephraim and Israel. Strange, isn't it? I know Ephraim and Israel is not hid from me. For now, Ephraim, thou committest whoredoms, and Israel is defiled. Both Ephraim and Israel, both of them are defiled. Now, watch this. This is where the fullness of the nations come in, okay? In Romans chapter 11, the Bible says, when the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, then Israel will be saved. A lot of people preach that, if you're pre-trib, that the fullness of the Gentiles is when Jesus raptures his church pre-tribulational. And then he starts dealing with Israel in the seven-year tribulation period. There is nothing about a pre-tribulation rapture in Romans chapter 11. It's about the salvation of Israel. And it talks about the fullness of the Gentiles being come in. Then Israel be, be saved as though they were raised from the dead. Now the point is this. Is that the Gentile nations are going to be saved even in the tribulation period. And there's going to be a breaking of Gentile powers in that, in that seven-year tribulation period off of Israel. So the fullness of the Gentiles speaks of the salvation of all Gentiles that will come into Messiah. It also speaks of when that happens, then Israel will be saved. But it's post-tribulational. This is where Ephraim and Israel come in. The first time you ever read about the fullness of the Gentiles is in Genesis. Hold your place in Hosea 5. I made up my mind to finish this today. In Genesis uh, 48, let's look at this. I've done some study on this. Hallelujah. Genesis 48. mm, Hallelujah. In verse 19, his father refused and said, I know it my son I know it now what he did was he placed his hand on the second born son Ephraim He should normally you put your hand your right hand on the first born son He's got the birthright All right So that when the father brings the two sons Ephraim and Manasseh up there he puts Manasseh in front of his right of, of his daddy's right hand He puts Manasseh in front of his daddy's left hand. Manasseh. No, let me get this right. He put Manasseh in front of his daddy's right hand. He put Ephraim in front of his daddy's left hand. And that old man crosses his hands and puts his hands on Ephraim. His right hand on Ephraim. And his left hand on Manasseh. And so that Ephraim now receives what the firstborn should have received. So that now the Gentiles receive what Israel should have got. And watch what happens. Watch what happens when this happens. The Bible says, Joseph, verse 17, Then Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, the secondborn son. It displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head and Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. Not Ephraim, but Manasseh. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people. And he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a fullness of Gentiles. Or a multitude of nations. In the margin of your Bible, the Hebrew word is fullness of Gentiles. So Ephraim is a fullness of the Gentiles. Ephraim is a type of the church. So when God speaks to Ephraim and Israel in Hosea 5, he's speaking to the church and he's speaking to Israel. So what I'm trying to tell you is the fullness of the Gentiles have nothing to do with a pre-tribulational rapture. What it has to do is a multitude of nations coming into the kingdom of God. In Revelation 7, we say a multitude of nations coming to the kingdom of God in the tribulation period. In Matthew 24, the Bible said the preaching of the kingdom. It will be preached to all nations. So the g- nations are still in the tribulation period. Come on. And so the fullness of the Gentiles take you all the way through the seven-year tribulation period. And when the fullness of the Gentiles are saved, and then the Bible talks about the times of the Gentiles be cut off. Are you with me here? And what you have here is this. The breaking of the yoke of the Gentiles off of Israel. One. And number two, ultimately, the purpose is that nations are saved. As a result of Gentiles being saved, and then the unbelieving nations being broken off, as a result of that fullness coming in, then Israel will be raised from the dead. And that's post-tribulational. That's nothing to do with pre-trib. Read Romans 11. Read Genesis 48, 19. has nothing to do with pre-trib. That's stuff we read into the text. Hello, give God some praise. But anyway, I'm still in, I'm still in Revelation 12. Hosea 5. Now he says, And the revolters are profound to make slaughter, though I have been rebuked. Them. I know Ephraim and Israel is not hid from, my, from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom, and Israel is defiled. Yes. Now, what God going to do? Well, he's going to stone unbelieving Israel. He's going to stone the adulterous wife. But her seed, the remnant of his brethren that came out of her, he's going to save. Do you know that the Iraqi leader called one of his missiles a stone? And he said that when he fired those missiles upon Israel, he called them a stone. He said, I'm going to stone her. God is going to use missiles in the last days to stone natural Israel, those that are in unbelief, the adulterous wife. He's going to judge them. He's going to stone the adulterous wife. But there's going to come forth a remnant that are going to be the remnant of his brethren. They're going to come out of Israel, and they're going to be saved. But it's going to be through a time of birth pains. Do you understand? And then when God gets through stoning the adulterous wife, then he's going to kill Goliath with a stone. And Goliath is a picture of Gentile rulers who came against Israel in the last days. And so Jesus as The David is going to kill Gentile nations with the stone, so they're both going to be stoned. You understand? But watch this. Watch this. So we've got these two bodies. We've got this Ephraim, the church. We've got Israel. How are you with me? Ephraim and unbelief is going to be stoned. Israel in unbelief is going to be stoned, killed. But the believing remnant, In the church, those that abide in Christ, and the believing remnant out of Israel, they're going to come forth and be born again, are going to be saved in Messiah. Do you get this? Do you understand this? Now watch. Watch. Are you awake? Verse 9, Ephraim shall be desolate in the day of rebuke among the tribes of Israel. Have I made known that which shall surely be. This is good stuff, man. Because this is the Bible. I get excited about the Bible. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent King Jared. Yet, there's so so many multiplicity of fulfillment in these passages, but just hang with me. Yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound? For I will be upon Ephraim as a lion, as a young lion to the house of Judah. I even, I will tear and go away. I will take away. None shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. You see that? He's going to cry out to the Messiah in the time of their affliction, in the time of their tribulation. But you notice this, Ephraim's there too. Church is there too. The multitude of nations is there too. The fullness of nations is there too. Verse, chapter 6, verse 1, Come and let us return unto the Lord, they say. For He hath torn, He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After two days will he revive us in the third day. So the third day, three days before Jesus comes, we are crying out, Lord, you torn us. Lord, you've smitten us. Lord, heal us. Who God. And when they start crying out to him three days before he returns, guess what? That's when he's going to come. And this can also be interpreted in more than just literal days. But anyway, let's go on. He'll raise us up. We shall live in His sight. Resurrection. Third day, third millennium, kingdom age too. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And He shall shall come unto us as the rain and the latter and former rain unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud and as early dew it goeth away. Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And thy judgment are as the light that goeth forth. So ultimately what we have here is this. We have a corporate body, a people who are going to come. Going to make it through the birth pains, a time of affliction. They're going to call upon the Lord. All right? You with me here? God's going to save them. And he's going to come forth. He's coming. He's going to be as the morning. No wonder she's clothed with the sun. And this happens at the end of the tribulation period, the seventh year, and the beginning of the seventh millennium of history, the kingdom age. This all takes place. That's why he says he's coming forth as the morning. It's the beginning of a new day. Kingdom. You understand these things? Give God some praise if you do. At least a little bit. I'm just trying to show you that God has a purpose for uh, the multitude of nations and a purpose for Israel all the way through the tribulation period. And when the nations are saved and then the unbelieving Gentiles are broken off, then Israel is saved as from the dead as they call upon the Messiah. And they're birthed out of Israel, the remnant of his brethren coming forth as the Mount of Olives cleaved like the womb opening up and the water flows surrounded by blood, the battle of Armageddon. This is when Israel is going to, the remnant of Israel is going to come forth. But you have the fullness of Gentiles, nations that are also a part of the kingdom of God at that time. Both unbelieving and believing. We would call it the church. The believing we would call it the church. Do you understand? And these, this church are people who are going to abide in him. Now what you need to understand is, is that history repeats itself. And just as you have an apostate Israel, you'll have an apostate church in the last days. And just as you have a remnant, a man child coming forth out of that woman you have a remnant coming out of the heart of church. See what I'm saying? They're not going to stay there. They're going to abide in him. And they're going to grow and they're going to mature. Are y'all getting the point here? Okay, I know I've given you a lot here, but uh, I think that I'll just close, go back to Revelation chapter 12, and I'll close. Now, I've been all over the Bible trying to explain Revelation 12. And I'm not saying I did a good job. I'm not saying that at all. I'm trying to give you something so that you can take and you can meditate and read for yourself, okay? <clears throat> there appeared a great sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Yeah. She being with child cried to be in birth and plain to be delivered. There appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven to cast them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Remember, that speaks to not just Israel, but the church. Revelation 2, 24 through 26. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled in the wilderness. Wilderness. Where she hath a place prepared to God that she should be fed there. Three, uh, there, a thousand, two hundred, threescore days. There was war in heaven. Michael, His angels. Fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. The great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil of Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out of the earth, his angels were cast out with him. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation, strength, and kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There's the overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they're feeding on the finished work, and they love not their lives unto the death. therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. The devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The dragon saw that he was cast out to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man, and the woman were given the, and to the women, to the woman, excuse me, were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into a place where she is nourished for a time, times and a half time, last three and a half years of the tribulation, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth water as of a flood. After the woman, he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Who are they? Which keep the commandments of God. And have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's who her seed is. Are you ready? Will you be ready? If the tribulation period starts in your lifetime and you have to go through a wilderness time experience where you are matured in God, so that ultimately at the very end, tabernacles you'll be harvested, will you make it? Will you abide in Him? Or will you be like a corporate body of apostate Judaism? Will you be like a Judas, a corporate body Judas in the last days that will betray him from from within the midst of the church Judas stood? Hidden and then revealed. In the midst of God's corporate body, there will be a body of Judas that are right now hidden, but will be revealed. With me here? Rome. Rome. In the days of Jesus, will become a worldwide institution politically and religiously. You with me? Jesus will become a corporate man. Mary will become a corporate body, the woman, the believers. The Sanhedrin will be the corporate head of the the false prophet. You understand? So that what was in the days of Jesus, if they're individuals, become corporate bodies in your day. And if they were corporate bodies in Jesus' day, become worldwide entities in your day. Jesus is a sign. Isaiah 7. God said, I'm going to give you a sign. A woman shall be with child. You with me? This child, we know Isaiah 7 is Jesus. But he is a sign. He is called a sign. In Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah's sons are called signs. Which means they are a picture of. Of a corporate body. Individuals become tribes. Do you understand? Individuals become corporate bodies. Corporate bodies become worldwide entities in the last days. When Jesus walked three and a half years in his ministry in the gospels, that's a picture of the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. All right? He's the man child in the gospels. In the book of Acts, the apostles are the man child. And for three and a half years, the first part of that book of Acts, we have nothing but persecution against the apostles and the church. What was done then will be repeated again in history. Judas will become a corporate body hidden within the church, but yet revealed in the last days. What happened with Adam and Eve in the garden? Jesus experienced it on the cross. It will be repeated again in history in the future. What happened with Moses and Israel coming out of Egypt, the plagues and judgments of Egypt coming out, going into 40-year wilderness time, and then entering the promised land will happen again in the future. You see what I'm trying to show you here? History continually repeats itself. So the question is, will you be apostate Judaism, apostate church, or will you be those that abide in Christ? Will you be the true church that will produce the man-child in the last days? Will you grow up? Will you mature? I'm very concerned. Okay? I'm very concerned. Close the cameras. I'm just going to talk to you for a minute. I'm very concerned. Okay? Very concerned. But you know what? God is taking our church through a time right now. And if, if the man-child can survive it, then from this church will rise up a people that will manifest the kingdom of God. But right now, there is a great struggle. A great struggle in this house, in this church right now. And I've been feeling it for years. And I'm feeling it now, especially since I got back from Taiwan. I'm very uneasy and very troubled, very troubled.